everybody, welcome to Scrub Nation Podcast Season 2. We are back, and I cannot be more excited. We're a week into football. Uh, baseball is starting to come down to the nitty-gritty, um, and it's just a lot of excitement right now. Um, and before we dive in, though, we always, always got to introduce the one and only Todd Father. Todd, how you been, man? Oh, I've been good. Uh, been a period of, of spiritual growth. Uh, and so uh, on top of all the great things happening in sports, you've already kind of touched them. There's been a, been some good things happening in life. So I'm doing good. Glad to be back on the podcast. Glad to get this going. I know we've been talking for like three weeks about getting it started back up and well, we're finally doing it. So yeah. Yeah. Finally, we, we couldn't do it before the season, but we're, we're going to start it after the season. <laughs> so, uh, Thanks. Yeah. Yeah. That's just happened. That just happens though. You know, life, life happens and you forget and then you don't forget. And, yeah. Um, but yeah. <laughs> better late than never. And, uh, I'm excited about where we're going to go with the future of this. You know, I think, you know, we did some talking and I'm um, kind of decided that, uh, you know, the two sports that I think we were really going to focus on, were going to be what football and baseball. Um, yeah. And, you know, just, just because they kind of don't overlap except for like this last month, um, you know, and it, it gives us one sport at a time to focus on to where we can really dive into them. Um, and so, um, just letting the listeners know that that's that's kind of going to be our new direction is uh, we're going to focus on football and baseball um, and when they overlap for the month we'll try to do a little bit of both um, but um, from what I heard Todd um, you're talking about starting your own podcast that's strictly baseball um, is that still something that you're thinking about oh yeah I think I'm gonna launch the first episode as soon as the postseason starts probably that first week um looking at some ideas don't know what i'm gonna call it yet uh running some things i got uh somebody in the graphics department working on some stuff <clears throat> timmy um and so uh well yeah that's what i'm aiming for so that i can kind of deep dive and if anybody wants to listen to my personal opinions on baseball they can because everybody knows i'm opinionated so <laughs> Ain't that the truth? Ain't that the truth? <laughs> well, we uh, we'll look forward to hearing what it's going to be called, and um, you know, you got about what four weeks till postseason starts, so uh, three weeks, yeah. something like that. So yeah, it's uh, it'll be here before you know it. So we'll we're definitely excited about that. Um, but why don't we why don't we jump into this? Week one is over. Um, let's talk about some recap. Um, you know, you know. That I was gonna come on here. I mean, you already know. And I was gonna say, how about them Cowboys? 40 to 0 over the Giants. And people have been saying it's only the Giants. But those same people were also the people that were saying the Giants were a team poised to make a deep playoff run. I mean, I'm sorry, you can't like crack the egg and, and cook it and then decide you ain't gonna eat it. Like you said the the Giants were going to make a deep playoff run, and then the Cowboys beat them, but then it's just the Giants. Nah, fam. The, Di- the, the Cowboys came into New York, held the Giants to right at 215 yards of total offense. The defense had two interceptions, three forced fumbles, Pollard balled out, and Dak, one week in, doesn't have an interception. And I can't say the same about some QBs that I'm going to mention. <coughs> uh, yeah, um... 
it hurts me to say this because you know I am a Cowboys hater. Everybody <laughs> listening knows I'm a Cowboys hater. I'm like, like, uh, which one is it? Stephen A. That's a big time Cowboys hater. Yeah, uh, yeah. See, I'm like Stephen A. I'm not a big fan of Stephen A. But I'm feeling like Stephen A. Right now, always do. But man, the Cowboys—they just looked terrific. Everybody knew the defense was going to be good, but. Uh, Dude, they're they're up there, probably top two or three defense in the league. Um, if they're not number one, um, you know, there's a couple got uh, a couple other teams you could throw in there. Uh, Trayvon Diggs um, picked up, you know, where he's been his whole career, picked a ball off or whatever, and or led to a pick. I can't remember something like that. And uh, oh, he was the one that knocked it out of Saquon's arms. Yeah, he, then, he caused uh, one of the fumbles. Yeah. Fumble, pick, whatever you want to call that play. That's what Diggs did. Uh, Micah Parsons is still Micah Parsons. And uh, like you said, everybody's going to try to downplay it. Oh, it's just the Giants. It's just the Giants. The Giants were a playoff team last year. Um, and uh, they spent a lot of money. Daniel Jones is one of the billion-dollar men. It's the thing I've seen going around. It's like the $900 spent on quarterbacks this offseason that struggled um that didn't play too hot daniel yeah. jones was one of them so they, they paid him a lot of money to be good and he didn't do that they paid saquon i mean decent money i guess that's that's an issue that could be argued um he didn't do too hot they brought in darren waller this is a this is a team that they built off the playoff team they had yeah and, and <clears throat> improved in some areas um that just did not. I don't even, dude. I can't even say they didn't get off the bus because they played at home. Yeah. So they didn't. Even, they didn't get out of bed. Yeah. They yeah. get shut out at your, you know, your home opener, you know, season opener. Even I guess the division rival that you know supposed to be a big deal that you've always played close to them, no matter how bad your team was or no how better, no matter how bad their team was. Go in there and you get forty o skunked. That's just. Dude, I, I can't even say it. The Giants were terrible. The Cowboys looked great, though. Yeah, I will say, as a as a Cowboy fan, it was a great game. Um, and it was great to see the defense do what they did. On the flip side, the offense didn't have to do much. Yeah, Dak had a clean game. He only threw for 145 yards, 49 yards, something like that. Okay? And that's not the Cowboys' offense. The Cowboys offense is going to have 250 yards a game, if not more. That's just how they're going to play. Um, but it's also nice to see that if the defense plays like that, it takes some of that off of the offense to have to really go and do that every single game. Um, so I think it's going to be interesting to see. I want to see the offense um, be more consistent and do it again. Um, and I want to see them actually have to score points, if that makes sense, rather than just, oh, yeah. yeah, you know, we can burn some clock. Um, oh, yeah, so. definitely. Um, it was really uh, impressive to me. Um, like you said, Dak had a clean game. I'm not going to give him much more praise than that. Um, but to see the whole team uh, scoring, because your special team scored, too. Yep, and so it was a you know a full team effort, and um, like I said, the Cowboys defense. Tony Dungy pointed a thing out. This might be the renaissance the NFL needed in terms of of t- 
tough, hard-nosed defenses contributing. Um, I don't know if you were going to touch on it or not, but the Browns upset the Bengals with tough, hard-nosed defense. Um, oh, my mind just went blank on who the other defense he pointed out was. Uh, oh, the Jets. You know, um, I'm sure we were going to touch on that one. Yeah. And so those are those are some hard-nosed defenses, and they uh, contributed big in week one, uh, whether that's, like Tony Dungy pointed out, whether that's the true thing that's happening with the NFL or maybe the offensive guys didn't get enough reps in the preseason. I don't know. Uh, but it was it sure was it was fun football to watch, especially even it being a 40-0 blowout for a team yeah. I'm not a big fan of. Yeah. Um, it was still fun to watch. Yeah. Yeah. Who disappointed you this week? Oh, I think you know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my Broncos continue to disappoint me. Um, in fact, on my in my notes, it says the Broncos let me down as usual. Um, Russ looked better. He didn't throw for a lot of yards, uh, kind of like Dak didn't. But um, Russ played a good game. He managed a good game. Um, the DBs were solid. Um, they weren't great, but I think that's because our pass rush was not there. Our We had zero pass rush at all. And bringing Vance Joseph back, that's one of his things that he's always been big for, even when he was our head coach, was pass rush. And um, he just he just didn't get the guys motivated. I don't know if it's talent or if, if his scheme was bad for the defense. I don't know with, with Vance's defense. It just it we got I, I we didn't get any sacks, which is crazy to say for a Broncos game. Um, it just special teams disappointed me too. Um, Will Lutz mi- missed an extra point that would have tied the game, possibly sent it to overtime. Um, he also missed a field goal earlier in the game that he should have hit, normally would have hit. So I mean that's four points you left out there. We could have won twenty to seventeen. I. I don't know. I, I was disappointed. On um, personally though, I was glad to see Cortland Sutton back out there getting really involved. Yeah. Um, he had that touchdown, which um that that made me really happy to see him getting back out there. I, I've been worried um that he wasn't ever gonna be the guy that we thought he was. Um that he was supposed to be because of all the quarterback changes and stuff and um you know, I, I even thought, oh, well, maybe the Broncos are probably going to move on from him, which would I would have been upset with because Sutton's just a guy that you like. Um, but I was probably most impressed with um, offense tackle Garrett Bowles uh, this week. I know this is probably more in-depth than you wanted, but um, he did a good job holding off the Raiders' pass rush. And Garrett Bowles is a guy, he gets a lot of crap when he plays bad. Um, not a lot of pr- uh, praise when he plays good, and he plays good more often than he plays bad. So uh, I was really impressed seeing him handling the defense, especially Max Crosby. Yeah, yeah, I was going to say, you know, it's the, the Raiders don't have a bad pass rush. I mean, you got to talk about Max Crosby when you talk about their pass rush and what he brings to that. And so, you know, giving, you know, giving praise to a guy that held him off it's due. I mean, you got to give them their candy. You got to give them their props. Um, yeah, so, sure. yeah. Um, let's talk about it. I mean, it, it's the elephant in the room. Let's talk about this Bills-Jets game. Um, 
Last night, Aaron Rodgers, four snaps, goes down, and in comes Zach Wilson, the man, the myth, and the legend. Um, yeah, they went out and got Aaron Rodgers this offseason because Zach Wilson was hot garbage last year. You know, let him lose. They lost six straight with him. Um, he never <laughs> saw the field again. You know, they had a mix of quarterbacks. Go out and get Aaron Rodgers. He plays all of four snaps, and in comes Zach Wilson. Um, what happened, though? Like, the Bills just – I don't even know. And, yes, I know that the Jets' defense is good. Like, the Jets' defense is stacked. Like, we talked about it already. Definitely the top three defense in the league. But to have some, to have an elite quarterback in Josh Allen – who went 29 of 41 for 236 yards, one touchdown, three interceptions, two fumbles lost. You just can't beat an elite defense when your quarterback plays like that. Yeah. Um, the thing with Josh Allen, and it's something that he's had a problem with his whole career is he's turnover prone. Um, some of the best quarterbacks of all time have had that issue. Peyton. My favorite player being one of them. Oh, uh, so you're saying Favre. so you're saying Dak so you're saying Dak's one of the best quarterbacks of all time because he has the turnover problem too, right? <clears throat> no, that's not what I'm saying. <laughs> that's an argument for a different day because we can make a whole podcast out of that in itself. <laughs> um, no, uh, turnovers doesn't make you great. It's what you do outside of the turnovers. Josh Allen didn't do what he normally does. Um, and that's make good things happen. He usually yeah. has more good than the bad. And he just turns the ball over a lot. And yeah. um, that, like I said, that didn't happen. He only had the one touchdown uh, to Diggs. And he he made some plays with his legs. Um, I, I'm thinking now on two of those interceptions, I think there was an opportunity. He probably could have picked up five or six yards running the ball. Um that first uh, first interception, it was third down, but he could have grabbed six or seven yards, gotten close to the sticks, and they maybe could have went for it on fourth or something. And um, he threw it up down there, basically like a punt. Uh, and then we saw Brees Hall rip off that eighty-something yard run right after that in the first play for the Jets. But um, Josh Allen's decision making has never been good. Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> But it was the lack of playmaking to go with it that that made it bad for the Bills, and that's why they lost. Yeah, uh, and a lot of people all over Twitter or X, whatever you're gonna call it, um, kind of dogging on him for it and stuff. And it's uh, it's like, dude, if you've watched him at all in his career, uh, it's very rare that he has a game like this. And so I'm I'm not worried about Josh Allen. He's done it before. He's had games like this. But I have a feeling it, it it's just going to be a blip on the radar here. Um, and the Jets might be his kryptonite. Every quarterback's got their kryptonite. Um, the Jets beat him with Zach Wilson last year. And they almost beat uh, the Bills with um, Mike White the second go around. And so the Jets might just be uh, Josh Allen's kryptonite. I don't know. Yeah. Um, could but be. on the flip side, Zach Wilson didn't play terrible. He wasn't good, but he wasn't bad either. And um, I think a lot of that you can uh, attribute to the fact that he had to step in um, with um, 
having lost Aaron Rodgers and that that offense was very nuanced. You heard the broadcast and stuff talk, uh, touching on it. They had built it around Rodgers and his ability to manipulate the snap count. Yeah. With a veteran like that, you can do things that you can't do with Zach Wilson. And so, uh, stepping in in that situation, I don't think he he did a very bad job at all. And that's why the Jets won. Yeah. Yeah. No, he, he minimized the damage as much as he could, I think, while the coaching staff and him tried to figure out the best way to run that offense while the game was happening. Um, yeah, I, I think that that's, I think that's a big point to, to point out is the adjustments they had to make. Cause like you said, they built the offense around Aaron Rodgers. They, they built the entire playbook around Aaron Rodgers. And so then when you have to change the entire playbook for somebody else, <laughs> yeah, it, uh, he- it takes some time. Yeah, you brought in certain playmakers for Aaron Rodgers. Your entire summer was built around that one guy. And then four plays into your season, he's gone. Yeah. So uh, I think the Jets are still a playoff team. They're still a threat. Um, I like uh, Robert Sala, the defensive-minded head coach. And I I feel like they're going to do okay uh, in the long run. But it'll be a rough couple weeks, I think, for them. And then I yeah. think they'll settle in, fill into their groove. Well, they say offense wins games, the defense wins championships. So we'll Thanks. see. Uh, we'll see what it does for them uh, this year um, with what with what they have going on. Um, who else disappointed you this week? Oh, disappointed me. Um, let's let's jump back to that Thursday night game. Um, I was I was I'm not gonna say disappointed. I was surprised. Um, and how poorly the Chiefs played. Um, and I don't necessarily want to dog the Chiefs for that. Uh, I, I, just, I think the Lions are just that team this year. They're they're a good team. Yeah. Um, they're a bunch of dudes. But um, the Chiefs just... Mahomes did not look like Mahomes. Uh, and I know there's a bunch of people talking about his cast and offense not being as good around him you know um that supporting cast has never really been extremely um good it's been kelsey and tyreek hill yeah for the longest time um which is good to have two great guys like that you see tyreek going off with the dolphins playing great and stuff um but and losing Kelsey stinks. Every every good quarterback has always had a, a you know halfway decent tight end, but to have an elite tight end like that is huge. Yep, it sucks he wasn't there, uh, but his cast was above average. And but he was he wasn't helping out. He made some underthrows. He made some overthrows. I think he he forced it a little bit on some plays, and it just it was for me. As a Broncos fan, I enjoyed watching the Chiefs struggle, and it gave me this thought that maybe the Broncos have a chance this year. The Broncos quickly dashed that themselves, but um, I feel like there's maybe going to be a, a slight changing of the guard in the AFC, I think. Yeah, I mean, and on the flip side, the, the Lions looked good. Oh, yeah. um, you oh, know, the Chiefs, the Chiefs have... Um, Improved their defense, so they're not um, having to have a shootout every single game um, like we've kind of known them in the past to have to have. Yeah. Um, but the Lions' defense 
looked good too. The offense looked good. Um, you know, I saw a bunch of people saying um, that the Lions, you know, when they drafted Gibbs, that they um, were going to surprise people at how they used them. And you see all the memes saying, yeah, we were surprised seeing how they used him because they used him on the bench. Um, you know, um, and I don't, I don't disagree, but I also understand, like, the guy's a rookie. It's his first NFL game. You're not going to run him out there and give him 25 carries and 90% snap share. Like, you're just, you're just not going to do that. Instead, you're going to let him learn and watch and grow. Give him a few weeks, and he might be that guy. Um, and let him truly get settled in. Um, but the Lions as a whole looks good. Goff looks sharp. Amon Raw looks sharp. Um, it just all around looks good. Oh, yeah. And um, the Gibbs thing, uh, like you said, he's just a rookie. I really like Dan Campbell, the head coach. He's going to do the right thing for his players. Um, everybody likes to kind of clown on him because he's, he's corny. Um, like, what's that thing he said? Uh, we're going to reach up and bite their knee off, kneecaps off or something like That's corny. <laughs> but he is a football guy. He is just a football dude. Yeah. And, um, and he's like your stereotypical movie football coach. Just the right amount of crazy, right amount of hardcore, right amount of knowledge. And so he's going to do what's right for these guys. I think that's why Jared Goff has been successful. Um, because Dan Campbell's put him in a position to be successful. I think yeah. Amon Ross St. Brown was a, was a nobody. He was a no-namer. And he's been successful, I think, because Dan Campbell and the Lions have put him in a, you know, a situation to be successful. Um, career cast-off, um, former Aggie Josh Reynolds has done really good being that third receiver in Detroit, whoever the number two receiver is. Uh, or being that fourth guy, the guy coming off the bench, like he's been in, put in a position to be successful and has made a career of that in Detroit. And so I think Gibbs is going to be perfectly fine. Uh, and so I, I, you can look back at last year with DeAndre Swift and Jamal Williams. Um, those guys were both successful last year. Now, DeAndre Swift <laughs> did not play well for the Eagles this uh, this week, and I didn't really pay attention to how Jamal Williams did with the Saints, but Gibbs down the line is going to be really, really good, and it all comes down to um, how Dan Campbell uses him. It's, it's like watching, you get frustrated, I especially me, seeing Major League managers pull young pitchers in the middle of um, maybe they're doing, you know, crazy things like throwing a no-hitter or they've been really, really good. But they have that pitch count that they've set, that limit that they've set, and when they reach it, that manager's got to have a hard hook and pull him out because it's the right thing to do for the young guy. And yeah. it's the same thing with Gibbs here. They're going to have him on, on, on a snap limit um, to either keep him from getting overexposed early in his career to tendencies and stuff that, that teams will see on film or – just to kind of protect him to keep him from getting hurt um, and allow him to learn the game at the right pace. Yeah. And so I, I have a feeling at the end of the season, um, <laughs> Jameer Gibbs probably going to be a top five back in the league. That's big things to say. Um, but it's it's how they use Aiden Hutchinson last year. They slowly worked him in the first couple of games, and at the end of the year he was just this 
dominant force on the D-line, and we saw it here week one already with the Lions. Aiden Hutchinson was all up in Mahomes' grill yeah. the whole game. And so I, I'm not worried about the Gibbs thing. I know there's a lot of people that are, but no. um, the Lions are who I thought they were. They're they're freaking good. And I think it's them and the Cowboys and the NFC uh, and the 49ers. That's that's my three NFC. Yeah, I was about to say. I was about to say, don't say just yeah. them. You're forgetting one team. Yeah, and, and the Niners. Almost, I, I legit, I have them in my notes and almost completely looked over them. My notes are <laughs> color coded for my notes are color coded for the teams and somehow looked over that red that I had them in. And so, um, well, do you want to talk? Do you want to talk about the 49ers real quick before we move on? Oh, oh my God, dude! The Niners are a freaking machine. You know, I said I was fixing to forget them, dude, but they are a machine. They're top to bottom. Just that offense is crazy. The defense is even more ridiculous. They made sure they brought Bosa back on a really nice contract for him. And I and I think in the long run for the team, I think it's going to be a good thing. And, oh, they are just going to grind opponents to death. Well, I think I, I think I saw something the other day um, talking about salary caps and um, the 49ers reworked a couple contracts and they had like $30 million in salary cap available now. Like that's insane considering the team that they already have, that they still have $30 million available. But that also happens when your starting quarterback is Mr. Irrelevant, <coughs> last pick in the draft, but is playing well. Yeah, and uh, you, you can even look at their second string. They have Sam Darnold. He's not signed to a whole lot. Their quarterback room is probably going to be one of the cheapest in the league, um, if not the cheapest in the league. And so they're, they are. They're in a really good spot. We had touched on this when you saw that the first time, that maybe they're gearing up for a trade. Mm-hmm. There's some big names out there. There's still some big names in free agency. The Niners are in a really good spot. Um Granted, I want to see how well that machine stands up to uh, a defense like the Cowboys, um, and and quite possibly the Lions' defense being a machine too down the line. But uh, it'll be dude, they're just going to grind opponents to death. That offense has so many weapons, and the yeah. idea that we've tossed around that they could even add more is just yeah. Oh, it's insane! It's, it's ludicrous! It's ludicrous! It's insane! Yeah. Yeah, the, the Niners are going to be the team to watch for sure this year um, and really see how they can stay on it, if they can stay on it. Um, Especially around that trade deadline. Yep. That, yep. that wiggle room, they're going to be. Yeah. I think they're going to be making some moves. Yeah. Yeah. Well, let's move on. Let's move on to some fantasy discussions. Um, I got three players that I'm looking at this week um, for waiver wire pickups from if they're um, but before I get to that, I wanted to, to just to kind of toss it to you. Of, um, do you have anything fantasy-wise that you really wanted to talk about that really is standing out to you, stood out to you um, in this past week? Uh, biggest thing for me is to, uh, and this is a reminder for myself, but it's also for everybody else and our listeners, don't give up on those guys yet. Uh, those stars that maybe struggled week one, don't give up on them yet. Um uh, I was disappointed and kind of let down a little bit with uh, with Jamar Chase. Um, but Burrow had a bad day, and so that's going to affect uh, that's gonna affect Jamar. Um, 
don't don't give up on your big name guys that may be disappointed in one week. Now, if it's the same problem six, seven weeks down the line and you're looking at trade deadline and you might just have to give up on this year and you're you're gonna make some moves, then that's that's one thing. But um don't don't give up on those guys yet. Unless it's you know Aaron Rodgers, then you probably need to give up on that guy. Yeah. He ain't coming yeah. back. Yeah, so, he, he won't be back till next year if he doesn't if, retire. If he comes back. But yeah. Um, that's the biggest thing. And like I said, it's more of a reminder for myself as well to not give up on those guys. Like uh, I, I had a trade offer come across today and I almost pulled the trigger on it. And it was me giving up Jamar Chase. But then I was like, dude, he's one of those guys who can put up 60 in a week. So, uh, you know, that, that's that's the big thing. Don't give up on him. Yeah, it's early. Yeah, yeah. We're gonna we're gonna talk some trades around the fantasy league here in just a few minutes. I got some things for you, um, but I have a, a running back, a wide receiver, and a tight end that I'm looking at on. Uh, I shouldn't say that I'm looking at, but that I think people should look at on the waiver wire if they're not already on team week. And so the first one being running back Kenneth Gainwell of the Philadelphia Eagles, um, and I think it's interesting that Gainwell is available in so many leagues. Um, I, I went through all the leagues I'm in. I'm in like five or six leagues this year. Um, I, I, somehow I keep getting suckered into more and more every year. Um, not surprised. But that being said, he was available in like five of the six leagues. Um, and it's strange because all summer the Eagles have said that Gainwell was going to be that guy. And nobody listened to it. And week one exactly what the Eagles have said all summer long is exactly what happened. Yeah. Um, I'm looking at ESPN right now. He's rostered in 21.7% of leagues. As of right now, most waiver wires haven't gone through yet. Um, that's down uh, 1.7% from where he was last year. Um, and so he, he is not, but he got 60% of the offensive snaps. Yeah. And in, in, in touches for the Eagles, dude. Because um, I, I had him in my notes, too. I, I figured he was going to be yours, but I went ahead and put him in there, too. Um, Swift only got that one carry. Everybody thought for sure that maybe the Eagles were bluffing with that, especially with the trade uh, or a draft trade like that that they did for Swift. You know, they, they had to be bluffing. But, no, they, they were not. Well, see, I um, have – I have I have a a um what am I trying to say? I have a uh, an idea of what I think they're going to do. Um, and this is going to sound strange, but I think that they could go on a game by game basis. That I think Kenneth Gainwell could have been at this week. Next week, the guy that gets sixty percent of the shares is going to be DeAndre Swift. The next week, it's going to be um, Rashad Penny, um, you know, and they're going to have like a three back just cycle to keep them fresh. Um, yeah, they're going to be there to give the main guy, you know, a rest, you know, throughout the game. But it, it keeps them fresh. It keeps them healthy. Um, I don't know. It's interesting that you have all of that talent in that backfield and like Gainwell gets, you know, 18 out of the 20 carries in the game, you know, or whatever. Um, yeah. But like I said before, they said all summer he was going to be the guy, and week one he was the guy. Yeah. Um, I don't know how much of a factor Penny's going to be. Uh, 
I could see them doing that with Swift and Gainwell, but it that might have been their plan. But there's a lot of times, and you see it a lot with college, and I'm not comparing college to the NFL right now, but you see colleges, they go in with a plan of attack like that, and then the guy comes in there and just performs. I'm sure the Eagles are sitting here right now like, oh, maybe we don't need to give Swift the bulk of the carries. Uh, you know, probably not completely given up on that idea yet, but um, – Man, when he got the ball, he produced. Yeah. And that's, that's a big thing, especially at the NFL level, is what you do with those those touches and stuff. And uh, he did it. He was he was producing. Uh, I figure if they do start working Swift in more, it'll probably bounce to a 50-50. Uh, but still then, I'm, I'm going to take Gainwell because he, he did produce with the touches he had. Yeah. And Swift didn't necessarily produce with the limited touches he had. Yeah, yeah. What few ones he did. Yeah. Do you have another running back that you want to throw out there? Uh, I do not um, necessarily for this. Uh, I would say um, just off the top of my head, keep an eye on what Denver's doing with their running backs. P. Ryan got some touches uh, Javante got some touches, and then the undrafted rookie Jalil McLaughlin got touches. Uh, so if you put a lot of stock into one of those guys this offseason, like I might have in one of my drafts uh, with Vonte, um, uh, you're going to want to watch that down the stretch and, and kind of see how they do there. Um, I don't necessarily know who's going to be the premier guy as he goes on. Um, it's... Uh, it's an interesting place. Yeah. Yeah. Sean Payton doesn't necessarily like to have a premier back either. He likes having multiple options and he's got three different styles with those running backs. And so we'll see. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm definitely watching that because in, in a couple of my leagues, I have both Bonte and P Ryan. So, um, I'm definitely keeping an eye on that for myself. Um, but we were just talking about limited, you know, doing what you could do with limited snaps and things like that, um, which takes me to my receiver that I'm watching um, and looking at on the waiver wire this week, which is Romeo Dobbs. Um, mm. He was on a limited snap count this week, but he made the most of his opportunities. He had two touchdowns this week. We're not chasing touchdowns, but we're chasing his target share. We're chasing what he did with that a limited thing or on a, on a limited snap count um, now Watson was out injured so when he returns um, the target share that Dobbs got is going to fall that's that's gonna happen but the fact that he commanded so much I want to say it was like 35% or something like that the fact that he commanded yeah. so much targets in a limited snap count is insane so I Personally, I just think you can continue to trust Dobbs if you need somebody to trust. Oh, yeah. Um, Dobbs is, is very sure-handed. Um, as long as he gets his targets, he'll be fine. Uh, same thing with Christian Watson uh, when he comes back, when he gets his his targets and stuff. The big thing there is watching LaFleur's trust build for Jordan Love. Mm -hmm. uh, and he showed a lot of trust for him week one, letting him um, throw the rock around, sling it around like he did. And it's going to be good to see the, that trust build up and Love's maturity develop as the year goes along. Uh, so even as Dobbs' percentage-wise probably dips down, um, 
we'll see Love probably throwing the ball 10, 15 times more than he did. And so while the percentage might go down, the target number will probably stay close to the same, if not increase, um, even with Christian Watson built back in there. And so both of those guys um, could be very interesting. And Dobbs is not rostered in a lot of leagues. No. Um, uh, I just had the number pulled up and I closed it. I don't know why. Um, he's not rostered in a lot of leagues. And so uh, he's he's a guy that um, very well, 19.2% of leagues he's rostered in right now. And I have him in one. Dang. Uh, drafted him in one. So, uh, dude, Dobbs is a really is a really good, really good pick there. Who you got for your for a wide receiver pickup? Oh, mine is Puka Nakua. Um, most of you people are probably gonna be like, "Who is that?" Um, <laughs> he's rostered in two point eight percent of leagues. Um, so that's less than three percent of leagues there. Um, this offseason, um, even prior to Cup's uh, hamstring injury popping up during training camp and stuff, Sean McVay said that Puka Nakua was going to get a lot of um, touches. He's going to be an integral part of the offense uh, just because of the kind of weapon and versatility he brings. Um, and without Cup, he proved that in week one. He had 10 catches for 119 yards. Uh, his fellow receiver, Tutu Atwell, had like six or seven catches for 119 yards. Um, so they they were both did really well. But Puka got a lot of targets. He built up a quick rapport with Stafford this offseason. Um, he's just a rookie. Um, was drafted late. Uh, but this is the guy that, with cup out, will play the cup role for the Rams. Um and he should be available for claim right now in every single, just about every single league you're in, unless you play yeah. with me because I drafted him in every single league <laughs> because he was my sleeper guy. So good luck on everybody else. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I already checked. <laughs> I, I checked uh, checked a while back. Um, I say a while <laughs> back. I, I checked a couple of days ago, um, but probably yeah. he's going off Sunday. You're like, oh, but look at this guy, and uh, yeah, he was on my bench. So yeah, he's, he's sitting there. Um, yeah, no, Puka is definitely um, he's filling that Cooper Cup role, um, and obviously he did it well. Um, so if we already know Cup's going to be out at least four games, so um, <laughs> definitely a pickup to go get if he is available, and he probably is. Um, yeah, I just want to take a moment to shout out that I think the Rams receiver room has like the greatest list of names of all time. Just like their different names. Cooper Cup, Ben Skoranek, Puka Nakua, and Tutu Atwell. Like, those are just <laughs> great like names. Those yeah. are crazy names. And there's that's like an all-time like receiving core name list that is that's a that's a good yeah that's a good list i like that i like that a lot uh, that's just none of those are normal names and it's ah, that's crazy that is crazy yeah yeah it's like okay you could argue that cooper is a normal name but what kind of last name is cup cup yeah cup, cup. But, uh, yeah, yeah. I, I noticed that when i was doing my research today i was like dude 
these names are amazing. Like, yeah. This, <laughs> this is like an all-time like forget their production, just the names. Yeah. Terrific. It's like it's like you see like a baseball roster with a bunch of random names. Well, that's the Rams receiver wrong. Yeah, just a just a bunch of random names. Yeah. All right. My tight end this week that I'm looking at on the waiver wire to pick up is one with a rookie quarterback. And that would be tight end Hayden Hurst of the Carolina Panthers. Oh, okay. I say I, this. I was not expecting that one, but I like that one. So I say this because the Panthers don't have a terrible offensive line, but don't have the best offensive line. And so Bryce Young is going to need a good check down or short yardage target. And that is going to be Hayden Hurst. He's reliable. He can get open. He can make for easy completions for Young. He had seven targets this week. Yeah, he drew this week. He's a red zone target. And he, he produced get, with it too. Yeah, he produced. He had 49 or 50 yards and a touchdown this week on, on seven targets, five catches. Like he produced. He's got sure hands. He can get open. He can sit down in the zone. He can he can find all of that. Uh if Bryce just needs to get back on rhythm, he can be that guy. Um and he's only rostered on ESPN. He's only rostered in two point nine percent of leagues. Yeah, not not very many. Yeah, um, sorry, I four point nine. To talk 4. About, 9. I was not prepared to talk about Hayden Hurst, uh, but uh, he he definitely performed. He's he's a guy. You know, a couple of years ago, for sure, he'd have been a uh, you know like a, a, a normal name you would have thrown out for fantasy because he was performing well. Um, yeah, but he is. Uh, He's already built that safety net type mentality with Bryce Young. And I don't think that Bryce Young had a very good tight end in college. Um, Cameron Lottu was okay, but he wasn't like super. You don't draft Alabama tight ends that, you know, but he always had receivers. But at the NFL level, you need a tight end. We've talked about yeah. this. Like the greats had tight ends. Uh, even some of the lesser-known tight ends, uh, like Ben had Heath Miller, uh, you know. And so it's it's a big thing. Um, Aaron Rodgers always turned random tight ends to studs. Yeah. And so um, I I really like Hurst. I really do. That's That was a really good one. I was not prepared for that one. I didn't realize he was not rostered in that many leagues at all either. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, I saw that roster number and I thought that was crazy. Um, yeah, yeah, you got a you have a tight end you want to talk about? I Anybody do. Else you want to uh, out? You you went with a um, a veteran tight end with a rookie quarterback. I went with a rookie tight end with a veteran quarterback, and that was uh, Lions um, tight end Sam Laporta. ESPN leagues, he's the eighth ranked tight end right now. Uh, he's rostered in 34.3% of leagues. Uh, he got five targets and caught all five of them, had 39 yards, did not score. But um, I liked Laporta coming into the draft. He wasn't my top tight end in the draft. But I liked him because he's a tremendous run blocker and he has great hands. Uh, yeah, That makes you think of guys like, um, like Rob Gronkowski. Uh, he's going to be on the field. A lot, and as the season goes for Goff, um, I think that he'll start getting more targets. Being the tremendous run blocker he is, we've already talked about Dan Campbell putting these guys in position to succeed. 
Dan Campbell's going to make sure Laporta is on the field in run and pass situations. And it's going to work out really well for him. And he's a guy, it might take another two or three weeks, but you're going to want to grab him now um, because that he's already got the trust. He got thrown through five times. He caught all five of them. That makes a quarterback very, very happy. Yep. And so that will, the, I think those target numbers will increase, um, especially as teams start focusing on trying to shut down uh, Amon Ross St. Brown. Um, and then when you bring Jameson Williams back into the, the fold and they have to cover another receiver, um, Laporta will get a lot of, a lot of looks. And yeah. so he'll, he'll be a guy to watch down the stretch. Yeah. Yeah. I like that pick. I, I had the, I had him marked down um, and I actually deleted him and, and replaced him with, with Hayden Hurst. So uh, I'm glad that you, that you had him in your notes. Yeah, that five percent definitely would have took Laporta off of mine if I'd have seen yeah. it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was I thought that was insane when I saw that. But uh all right, so we're gonna we're gonna move on to some trades around the fantasy league. Okay, so I'm gonna throw you out four different trades and you're gonna say yes or no if you would accept these trades or not, okay? All right. All right, first one. Mac or Mac Jones for Josh Jacobs. The team <laughs> Hold on, <laughs> hold on. The team want the team going from Mac Jones had Aaron Rodgers. Okay, so so they lost Aaron Rodgers and they're getting Mac Jones. Yes, they're they're getting Mac Jones and giving up Josh Jacobs. Ooh, Mac did really well on Sunday. Um. Oh, dude. I know you desperately need that another, uh, you know, another quarterback, but I don't know if I'd have given up Josh Jacobs. Uh, personally, I think I would have said no and, and found another option. Okay. Um, this trade in this league was accepted. Yeah. So, all right. Oh, Next Lord. trade. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Amari Cooper for Jameer Gibbs. Oh, that one's interesting because we, we like we talked about with Gibbs, it's probably going to take a little bit before he starts turning into the bell cow. Um, but Amari Cooper, he definitely underperformed in week one. He's, I still consider him a top 15 tight end. Could even argue that he could be top 10. Uh, I think if he got more touches, that's... Um, I think I would have. T- I think I would have took that one. Um, depending on which side of that trade I was on, um, and how like my receiver room looked, if I was giving up Amari Cooper. Okay. Okay. All right. Christian McCaffrey for DJ Moore and Antonio Gibson. Ain't no way. Unless I'm the one getting McCaffrey. Ain't no way. I. I couldn't give up McCaffrey. Uh, but if I'm the one receiving McCaffrey, dude, I'd be hitting the accept button so fast. That trade was accepted. That trade was accepted. Oh, my Lord, dude. How do you give up McCaffrey, dude? Oh. All right. Last one. Jamar Chase for Stefan Diggs and James Cook. 
Okay, which one am I getting? That's my question. Um, I'm gonna say you're getting. I'm gonna say you're getting Stefan Diggs and James Cook. So you're giving up Jamar. Oh, dude. Oh, like I said, don't want to give up on him too early. But Diggs just had a pretty good game. James Cook showed that he's gonna get a lot of touches. Um, I think I would do it because I I think Jamar and Diggs, um are right at close to each other in terms of, of true fantasy value. So not factoring in the disappointment of week one. Yeah. Um, and then James Cook definitely got a lot of touches Monday night. I think yeah. I would accept that one. I'd awesome. hate to see Jamar go, but I think I would accept that one. But yeah, yeah, it's, that one's definitely, that one's definitely a hard one to, uh, to do. Um, yeah, that, that ends trades around the fantasy league. Um, and throwing you out there to see what you would accept or not accept. Um, this might become a regular thing. Um, I'll research some some trades around leagues and see what see what I can find and come up with. Um, <clears throat> I gotta let's... know why did you turn down my trade today? <laughs> oh, oh yes, yes. This, uh-huh. uh, this is this is a good. Okay, let's let's <clears throat> let's get into the next section real quick. And we'll jump back because you need to hear the QB, RB, wide receiver, and tight end. I expect to have a big year this year. And then I think you can, I think we'll understand it'll give more uh, insight into my decision. So um, my QB, I expect to have a big year this year, is rookie quarterback Anthony Richardson. Uh, So... uh Tell the listeners what the trade was that I declined earlier. It was Pittman for Scary Terry and Adam Phelan. All right. So Michael Pittman for Terry Terry McLaurin McLaurin. and Adam Thielen. So why did I turn it down? Well, number one, Anthony Richardson. Anthony Richardson was a target for me in every single draft that I was a part of. I wanted Anthony Richardson, a rookie quarterback, but was is in a good position to do well. Should Jonathan Taylor come back? Oh my goodness, even better position. But he's still in a great position to do well. He's got a solid team around him, and I think that he can do it. He's the best quarterback the Colts have had since Andrew Luck. And we've only seen him play one game. But I'm going to say it. I don't even think that's a debate. I think that's as true as true could be. Yeah. And so... The fact that Michael Pittman, I'm pretty sure I drafted him in like round eight or nine. Like, it was late. The value of Michael, uh, uh, of Pittman being in round eight or nine and having a, you're, you're getting a wide receiver one on his team, number one. He's now playing with the best quarterback he's had since being in Indianapolis. It can only be good things. Um, on top of that, Adam Thielen is did not have a good week one. Adam Thielen has sure hands. Adam Thielen, things go wrong. I understand that. But Adam Thielen is not Michael Pittman. Number two, I don't trust Sam Howell. 
Yeah, I figured that was the, the deal breaker. <laughs> so, <laughs> I, I, so, as much as I like me some Scary Terry, I don't trust Sam Howell. That's why I wanted to upgrade from Terry to Tim. <laughs> so, oh, there's, a, there, there's my reasoning. But because I think that Anthony Richardson is going to have a, a big year um, this year. Um, and, um, yeah. Uh, that's that's my QB that I expect to have a, a big year, um, but also my reasoning of why I declined that trade. So um, I'm interested to hear your QB, though, and who you expect to have a big year. Uh, you can consider my QB a softball in this situation, um, but it's Brock Purdy. Um, I know he performed really well being the starter last year, won a lot of games towards the end of the year. But I think it's going to be an even bigger year, and it's already kind of started that way. Um, Just with the weapons that he has uh, around him, and as we've touched, that they're probably going to upgrade. And so I can see Brock Purdy at the end of the year being a top 10, uh, possibly even a top 8 fantasy quarterback. I like it. That's yep. uh, Yeah, he's he's got solid weapons around him, so that's definitely um, very doable. As um, long as his him. arm stays healthy. I think it's a softball question there for him. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, for sure. All right. Running back. The running back I expect to have a big year this year to take a leap forward, a step forward, is Travis Etienne. Mm. I think that Travis Etienne could end the year as a top five running back in the league. Oh, for sure. For sure. I think I'd agree with that. Yeah. And I, I would even consider saying top three, but I'm going to leave it at top five um, because the Jags are a, th- they throw the ball. Trevor Lawrence is going to throw the ball 30 to 35 times a game, probably. Um, so he's not going to get 25 touches, uh, 25 carries a game, but he's going to get touches. He's involved in the passing game as well. Um, and the fact that he can build on that from what he did last year, um, I think it's just going to elevate his game so much. Uh, yeah, he was he was a target. These were all people that I tried to target in every single draft that I was a part of. Um, but obviously because I expect them to have big years. So um, you're running back. Dude, I had a hard time trying to pick a running back for this. <laughs> um, just because the running backs are so... Um, top heavy you know what i'm saying like there's so many big names and you really want to count on them um but for me uh i ended up landing on i was back and forth between um alexander madison which i i think he's in a really good spot and he'll have a good year um but i really really like the opportunity that rashad white has with the buccaneers interesting Um, yeah, they, they brought in Baker this offseason. Yep. Um, Who, by the way, looked good in his first game in the post-Brady era. He did. He, he played very well. Um, but Rashad White got 17 carries, and he got targeted twice out of the backfield. So that's 19 touches. And I think uh, he'll start producing better with those touches. Uh, he only had 30-something yards on the ground. Um, with the 17 carries, which is not, you know, you're looking at like barely over two yards a carry 
But I don't think that number stays that low for a long, you know, most of the season. And he'll start getting more touches out of the backfield as a receiver, uh, just because of the kind of back he is. And so that was the guy I landed on. I think Rashad White has a very good chance uh, at turning into that guy for Tampa Bay. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I like that pick. Um, I've always liked Rashad White. Um, and whenever Fournette was there, um, especially the last couple of years Fournette was there, I really thought that Rashad should have gotten more than he did. Um, yeah. I think that that kind of hurt the Bucks some, um, but that's a, that's a whole nother discussion. Wide receiver. Yeah. Wide receiver was interesting for me. Um, because the guy that I chose is not what you is not necessarily a household name, but it's a name that people know, um, and that would be Jacoby Myers, mm. who now plays for the Las Vegas Raiders and has a concussion. Now, yeah, now he has a concussion after <laughs> week one. Yeah, but he also showed what he was capable of in week one. He is the. He was the number one guy last year in New England. He's now the number two guy in Vegas behind Devontae Adams. He went from Mac Jones throwing him the ball to Jimmy Garoppolo. Not much of a difference there. But he's no longer the number one guy. He's now the number two guy. So while Devontae's over there getting double teamed, there's no more Darren, Darren Waller there. Who's the next guy to step up? Yeah. Jacoby Myers. Jacoby had a very good week one, too. Um, prior to getting knocked out by uh, Kareem Jackson. Um, I really like that pick. Um, like you said, it's sneaky under the radar. Number two receiver right there. I like that one. I do. Um, I went with a rookie receiver um, in a situation similar to Jacoby Myers. Um, granted, the receiver I picked has a little bit bigger of a, a name, air quotes around that. Um just because he was a highly touted rookie. And it's Jordan Addison. I think Jordan Addison's yep. going to have a terrific year um, as the number. Well, really, you could probably slot him in as the number three behind Hawkinson and Justin Jefferson in Minnesota. But yeah, um, I, he's a very good route runner. Um, he's got good hands. He's not the super electric receiver in terms of speed um, and, and, and catch radius and stuff. But He's very good at getting the separation and catching the ball when it's thrown to him. And um, having a guy like Justin Jefferson on the opposite side of the field is going to draw a lot of attention. And then mix in a tight end like Hawkinson. Uh, yeah. And so I I like the opportunity that Jordan Addison has and could be a sneaky guy to sneak in the top 20 receiver, uh, top 25 receiver in the league. So that means he's going to be better than some of the number one options in the league, I think, as a number two receiver, number three target in that offense. Yeah. So, Sorry, just got notification that the Rangers beat the Blue Jays, meaning they uh back in playoff spot. Anyways. Um, yeah, well, I just got a notification that Brendan Aronson knocked in a goal against Oman. So USA's up 2-0. Let's go. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> um, so tight end this is a guy that changed teams in the offseason this is a guy that is going to be probably the number one guy on his team as a tight end he joined a playoff team last year he's a name that's been around the league for a while I know who it is his only problem is, is he's got to stay healthy 
if he can stay healthy for an entire season and the offense that he has now joined, him being basically the go-to guy, Darren Waller mm, knew it. has the potential to finish top three tight end in the league. Oh, yeah, for sure. Uh, you know, I'm going to be honest. I felt the same way about Michael Thomas as a receiver. Uh, if he can stay healthy in the offense that he's in and stuff, whatever. But Waller is in a very, very good situation and has proven in the past that he can be, uh, you know, a top two fantasy, rec- uh, fantasy receiver, fantasy tight end. Um, and he is. He's in a very good situation. Um, granted, you don't want them playing the Cowboys every week. Yeah. Um, they're going to be playing the Cowboys at least once more. Um, but I think, uh, like you said, if you stay healthy, he's he's a very good um, matchup going into any situation, no matter who you line up across for him. Um, so I like that one. I do like the Waller pick. I really do. Yeah. Who you got? I, I've already kind of mentioned him uh, as we were talking earlier, and it's I like Sam Laporta. Um, after watching him week one <clears throat> and the situation he's in, I, I think he's a guy that's going to go big. Tight ends are kind of hard to pick on who's going to go big considering they average like between eight to ten points um, for a league average guy. And uh, I, I think Laporta has the ability to get up to, you know, 12 to 14 points average, which that I don't want to say it puts him in elite status, but it puts him in upper level tight end play. And so uh, I, I like I like Laporta. Um, another guy to watch will be how um, I believe it's Luke Musgrave that plays for the Packers and how he develops uh, with Jordan Love as the season goes on. It's another rookie tight end. Um, Luke Musgrave out of Oregon State, uh, I think will be uh, another guy that could turn into a, a, a big type guy. I'm talking, uh, he's just got the makeup of like a prime Jimmy Graham. Um, if he can develop into that guy. So, yeah, no, that's a, the, the, those are, those are good options. And I like the, I like the young guys. Um, they're, they're names that are going to be around the league probably for a while. Um, and guys that we could see step into those top tight end guys as these older guys start to retire and leave the league. And um, that sucks to say, but I don't think Kelsey has much longer. Um, you know, I give him a couple more seasons, three more seasons, maybe. Um, and I think that's it. Um, I mean, he's 33 years old. Um, so really, I could see him two more seasons this season, next season, and he's and he's done. Um, but that's, uh, yeah, that's who we expect to have big years. Um, yeah. I'm going to throw this out to you. I didn't give you this this prompt on purpose because um, I, I want to hear you struggle with it. Um, but... Your early rookie of the year pick. Early rookie of the year pick. Um. Oh. Ooh, ooh, ooh. Offense. I. This is probably a cheat answer. This is like saying Jesus in a Sunday school type setting for a question. Um. I think it's gonna be Bijan. Um. As the year goes on, he's gonna eat up more and more of the targets for that offense. Um. As it comes down to it, anyways, Drake London was on the field for 90% of the Falcons' um, offensive snaps, and he got zero targets. And so I think that's the Bijan factor already. He's going to put up the yards. He's going to put up the touchdowns. Um, he's going to get his touches um, 
running and receiving. So I think Bijan is the answer there. Uh, I know with MVP, that's a quarterback award. Um, and it could tend to gravitate that way for Offensive Rookie of the Year. Uh, but I really think uh, that Bijan will probably have it locked up probably yeah. by about week 11 or 12. <laughs> that early, probably. Um, yeah. Uh, defensive Rookie of the Year. This one's a little bit tougher. Um, everybody wants to jump on the Will Anderson train. Uh, he didn't look great. He didn't look bad against the Ravens, but he didn't look great. Um, I really like uh, oh, what's his name? Uh, oh, crap. Um, the linebacker for the Lions that they drafted round one. Everybody thought they reached on um, want to say his first name is Jack. Um, he looked really good against the Chiefs, uh, making plays and stuff. Um, oh crap! What is his name? What is his name, <laughs> dude? I'm gonna sit here thinking about it. Um, I had to look it up. Jack Campbell. Um, right now he's listed as a second string linebacker for the Lions, but uh, he got he got some really good plays, good, some good possession time. Uh, he, he's gonna rack up a lot of tackles. Uh, he's a really good middle linebacker. Has a real good hard nose for the ball. Uh, so I like the situation. Pick up sacks. And that's where Will Anderson will probably beat him towards the end of the year uh, for defensive rookie of the year. But I think he's going to rack up the tackles, rack up the plays, maybe grab himself a few picks. Uh, that's my picks. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so my defensive pick is Jalen Carter. Oh, I like Jalen Carter. That's good. I I feel like that's an that's a that's another um, I don't want to say obvious pick, but he it's definitely a safe one. Like nobody's going to yeah. judge you if you're wrong because it's a safe. <laughs> yeah, pick. but he joined he joined an already good defense. Um, they have a good defensive line, and like he just came in and like is is wrecking. I mean, it's people ha- they have to worry so much about other people that he's basically one on one almost every single defensive snap. And a guy like that is not somebody you can just leave one on one every single play, right? Right. You know. Um, so I think he's gonna. I think he's gonna have his his chance to make a good run at it, um, especially if he can um, kind of run his sack total up um, in there. My offensive rookie of the year pick. We should already know who it is because it's the QB that I said is gonna have a big year because I went QB and I said Anthony Richardson again. I think he's going to have a big year. I think he's going to come in. I think he's going to do great things with the Colts. And I think he's going to show that he should have been a better pick than other quarterbacks. I was high on I look, I was high on him when the draft was coming around. Um, you know, we had multiple discussions about it in our our, our group chat, um, talking about it. I like Anthony, Anthony Richardson. The game right now has a lot to do with and a lot to help if your quarterback can run the ball. Oh, yeah. And, oh, and, yeah. Anthony, and, Anthony, and he can. His one weakness is sometimes his accuracy is off. But if he can 
fix that even just the slightest bit, the man's going to be an amazing quarterback. Yeah, um, we talked about it during our, our draft stuff. Uh, the dude is an athlete. He's an absolute baller. So I do like that pick. And I do think he'll be very successful. He's kind of already proven me wrong in some aspects and to where he's at right now anyways. Uh, so I like that pick for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's that's all we have for football and um, everything. But I'm going to kind of light the torch and, and pass it over to Todd. He's got some some quick hits for us that he wants to that we're going to throw out to y'all um, and help y'all along. All right, so quick hits is where we're going to take some time to touch on topics and sports that necessarily we didn't get to during the rest of the podcast. Uh, I won't take very long to kind of talk about uh, the things that have happened. These are probably going to be big news events that we're going to discuss just, boom, real fast. Uh, First one is my early World Series prediction. And once I fire up my own podcast and stuff, this will be – I'll go deeper into this um, as that time comes. But I have the Braves over the Orioles in six games. Um, consider the Dodgers and Astros are going to lose in the, the CS and the, in their NLCS and ALCS respectively. Um, they're contenders. Um, that's no disrespect to teams like the Mariners, Rangers, Blue Jays, um, or any of the other teams in the National League, uh, like the Phillies and stuff that are going to be there. Um, but the Braves are a machine. The Orioles are a machine. Uh, I like both of those teams. I think the Braves probably win it all. Um, Another quick hit. Um, this one's personal for me with the Los Angeles Dodgers. Um, I don't think Julio Urias will be a baseball player, let alone a Los Angeles Dodger, any longer. Um, they've already kind of removed his locker and, and hidden his face at the stadium. Uh, he'll be a free agent at the end of the season. So there's no worry like the Bauer situation where they couldn't just cut him because he had time left on his contract. Uh, and this situation is different. Uh, the Bowers anyways Urias this is the second time he's been accused of domestic violence against his uh, girlfriend fiance wife I'm not quite sure what the situation is there in the relationship Uh, same woman multiple times now Uh, both times have been in public and so it's not like he can necessarily hide from it Uh, so Julio Rios will no longer be a Major League Baseball player, I think, at the end of the season. I don't see any team offering him any money, regardless of how long his suspension from baseball will be. Uh, I'll jump into college football. I think the Nick Saban era is coming to an end. Uh, I don't think it'll be much longer before he retires, calls it quits. Uh, This being brought on by the NIL and the way it's affected recruiting. Uh, that for sure means it's the end of the Dabo Swinney area, uh, area era, the Dabo Swinney era. Um, he refuses to buy into the NIL and the new modern recruiting system uh, with the transfer portal. Um, and you see Clemson struggling already. Uh, I don't think Alabama will be much further behind. Teams like Georgia, uh, Texas A&M, Tennessee, and the SEC are taking advantage of that. Uh, Texas in the Big 12, Ohio State, Michigan in the Big 10. Uh, Pac-12 is dissolving, so you don't really see a lot of those teams. Can't really say a lot about those teams, but USC has been very successful already, uh, and they'll be joining the Big 10 soon. Uh, ACC is kind of lagging behind, but Florida State has already risen back to contention, North Carolina, because of their ability to hit the portal. Uh, Now, talking about the portal and the success that comes along with that and the 
lack of success for Alabama. I think Texas is back finally. Uh, as this has been the joke for the last 10, 15 years, is <laughs> Texas is back. Texas is back. I think Texas football is back. Now, does that mean Steve Sarkeesian is the answer and that they're going to win a national championship? They might. They might. Uh, Quinn Ewers is proving me wrong. I'm not a big, never been a big fan of Quinn Ewers. Uh, they have a very good quarterback room. The rest of their team is built very, very well. Uh, this is going to be slightly controversial. I think they have an SEC caliber defense. Uh, and they're not even the SEC yet. And so they'll be very good. I think their transition to the SEC will probably be smoother. Because uh, they did a very good job handling Alabama. And that was kind of surprising. Uh, I did not think it would be that good. And now my last quick hit. So I can go five for five here. It's a good day. Uh, the Rockets are in a situation with young guard uh, slash forward Kevin Porter Jr. Uh, man, forget forget the, the personal attacking the KPJ and the Rockets thing here. I don't understand as a man how you can be hitting on a woman like that let alone as a professional athlete where you've been blessed with all kinds of things in that situation, the money and the success, the fame. Uh, but, dude, how how do you as a man, this goes all, even back to Julio Arias and, and, and all the other professional athletes that have done this, how do you put your hands on a woman? I just, I just don't understand it. Those are my quick hits. Well, you heard it here. Quick hits, pulled the lever. Went five for five. I like it. That's a good hit. Uh, quick hit in there. Um, but that's all we have today at Scrub Nation Podcast. Make sure that you uh, hit that follow button so you can know when new episodes come out. Season two just getting started. New direction on the way. Uh, Todd launching his own baseball in-depth podcast here in a few weeks. Um, lots of exciting things coming down the road. Um, we love to, to hear from y'all. Um, you can find us on Twitter at Scrub Nation Pod. Um, you can send us a DM um, if you have questions about trades. Uh, you can send us a DM if you have a question maybe you want to hear answered on the podcast. Um, whatever that may be, uh, any any interaction we can get is always fun and exciting for us. Um, we hope that you oh, enjoyed yeah. the episode. And uh, Todd, you got anything to add real quick before we, before we close it out? Uh, no, dude, I think I'm good. Uh, thank y'all for listening. Um, I'm excited for season two. Well, that's it. Y'all have a wonderful day. Adios. Adios. <laughs>